From St. Pete to Brandon, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning to you. It is Friday morning, one of our top 10 favorite days of the week, with uh, the incredibly cute and keenly capable Katie and judicious James and jocular Jack here. And you can join us at 800-969-9352, or you can text us at 82945. Begin your text with the call letters WFLA, or you, if you have your uh, iHeart app on your phone. It's free. Yes. And it's the best way to listen to AM Tampa Bay. Crystal clear sound. Yeah, perfect sounds and on top of that you can get in touch with us by pushing the microphone button you'll see on there and record us a message up to 30 seconds yep and then we'll get it and we can use it on the air you gotta quit sending us some dirty jokes though that's all they ever (laughs) send us is dirty jokes and we can't play them on the air we can't use those (laughs) (laughs) maybe we can bleep them or something possibly But anyway, that's the way you can join us here. If you went to bed early last night, you missed the fact the Astros beat the Phillies 7-2 to two and now have a three games to two edge. Uh, they're off tonight, but they'll wrap it up either Saturday or Saturday and Sunday. That'll be the final two games. Um, and also, the Hurricanes beat the bolts the lightning last night here at amelie arena four to three in a shootout so not a good night for our tampa bay lightning for certain or for the phillies for that matter it's kind of interesting that the thursday night game was the eagles at houston so you had philadelphia at the houston well philadelphia at houston in football, and you had Houston at Philadelphia in baseball. I don't know how often that'll happen, but we did have that for sure. And, of course, this will be the longest weekend of the year coming up here. It's fall back and in daylight savings time, 2 a.m. officially, 2 a.m. on Sunday morning is when you set your clock back to 1 a.m. And so you'll have the longest night of the year by a long shot. And um, this is is something they've been trying to do year-round. I mean, they've been trying to do it in other states and here. And here, the state is very much in favor of it and has voted in favor of it. Um... But it has to be okayed by the federal government before we can have year-round daylight savings time. And for some reason, even though the Senate unanimously approved the um, Sunshine Protection Act, which was reintroduced in 2021 by Senator Marco Rubio, um, then he had also done it before, but the House has not done it. The bill needs to pass the House before President Biden can sign it into law. And I don't know why they won't do it. Um, Because 
two states, and I think there are several counties in Indiana. I'm not sure about that one, but Arizona and Hawaii are on year-round daylight time. They love it. Those are two very popular tourist states, Hawaii and Arizona. And Florida, obviously, is a fantastic tourism state. And yet we can't get it done for some reason. I think it would be pretty confusing, though, if you think about it, Jack. How's that? So if you're watching TV, the programs all air in Eastern Time, Central, all that stuff. So, oh, yeah. So if we're locked into Eastern Time you know, with, with the time changes and all that stuff, then we're on sync with the TV shows. Now, every time you know, that they change their clocks, we're going to have to adjust our schedule to watch TV. Well, I think you can handle it. Eh, I hate change. <laughs> yeah. well, I like to keep daylight time around. We get more evening light <laughs> for sure. It's 5-11 on AM Tampa Bay and time to check the morning cavalcade here with John Thomas. Quick takes. Ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time. Providing you all you need to know. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And Chris Trinkman here from the newsroom. And what's going on this morning, Chris? Good morning, Jack. Well, signs of a red wave are evident in the latest early voting numbers in Florida. Fresh take vote, uh, vote reports. Florida Republicans have cast about 256,000 more ballots than Democrats so far. Many who requested mail-in ballots have yet to return them, however. The state elections office says over 900,000 Democrats have yet to return their ballots, 600,000 Republicans, and about a half million no-party or third-party voters have not voted yet either. And so we'll find out if uh, early voting makes a significant difference compared to the actual day of voting, which takes place this coming Tuesday. Yeah, back in the old days, you had to go to the polls to vote. That was it. And voting took place one day between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., and that was it. And now we've got early voting and mail-in voting and all kinds of stuff like that. That's Some right. Some people would like to see it go back to the way it was in the old days. That's right. It seems hard to believe that people had to just go on a single day. Yeah. Uh, excluding military, obviously. They they were able to yeah, do Yeah, the military ballots. could do mail-in ballots because they were overseas or couldn't be here but um it's a lot of people would like to see it go back to the good old days because uh we keep hearing about shenanigans going on with mail-in voting and that's right things like that but nevertheless it ain't going to happen so if you had a choice jack whose rally would you go to would you go to the trump rally in miami or would you go to the desantis rally in fort myers on sunday hmm that's a good question. They're both going to go on at the same time, apparently. And and where is Trump's is in Miami? Yeah. Where he lives. And DeSantis is in Fort Myers? Fort Myers. I'd rather go to the uh, DeSantis rally because I like Fort Myers better than Miami. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to see who shows up at which one. From what we gather... Uh, we know Marco Rubio will be at the Trump rally, along with a lot of other Republican leaders. I think Trump is going to get the vast majority of the Republican heavyweights at his rally. A lot of speculation as to whether he might make an announcement, perhaps running for president. Uh, there's other speculation that he will wait until after the midterm elections. I can't understand why the two of them are having rallies at the same time. 
Well, DeSantis apparently wasn't invited to the Trump rally. So that's probably one reason why. Well, that's good enough reason. And it brings up the question as to whether or not these two might face each other head-to-head down the road. Or does DeSantis not run if Trump makes the announcement? So there are a lot of speculations about what might happen. And this is a big rally. I mean, if you can imagine Trump announcing for president the Sunday before the midterm elections, I mean, all the attention would be suddenly on him instead of these other races all around the country. Definitely so. I don't know why they didn't get together because Trump used to promote DeSantis in a big way and they had a little falling out and everything. But what a ticket it would be if you had Trump for president and DeSantis for vice president because DeSantis is incredibly popular, not just in Florida, but across the country. Well, it's probably not out of the question, but some say that Trump would just never have anybody as big a personality as Ron DeSantis on the same ticket. Uh, just based on how Trump likes the attention, not to share it with someone like DeSantis. Yeah, even if it would make it uh, easier for him to win. Maybe so. That's right. So we got an interesting, you know, next couple of days. You got the big Republican rallies in South Florida, and then of course two days later we'll have the general election for the midterms. And all indications are, if you believe the polls, Republicans are going to do well in Florida, and they're likely to do well in the House. The Senate looks like it's going to be closer. Uh, but those polls are razor thin in in those races. Yeah, I've seen anywhere from a majority of one to five, and but it yeah. is closer, much, much closer. And the House seems to be a shoe-in. Seems like it. Big win for yeah. the Republicans. So Brooklyn Net star Kyrie Irving is offering an apology to the Jewish community. Irving is facing backlash since tweeting out a link promoting a film that features anti-Semitic tropes. In an Instagram post overnight, he said he's deeply sorry that he caused any pain and takes full accountability and responsibility. But this comes after he was suspended by the team for five games. Yeah, you wonder what would make a guy do that, especially on social media, knowing what the reaction is going to be, or he should have known what the reaction is going to be. But, um, well, he has some unusual views, Jack. Uh, he's one of these guys that, you know, is, is part of that flat earther movement. Oh, yeah. And some of these other bizarre views on things. So, um, he has gotten himself into uh, controversial opinions before. This one, though, is costing him. And he seemed pretty resistant to uh, an apology, but then he got suspended. Maybe when the pocketbook becomes an issue, that that they, will make they a reconsider. Difference. Yeah, suddenly they're they're really sorry and you know want to apologize. So authorities in Texas looking into if there could have been more survivors in that Uvalde school shooting, if police had acted sooner. The Texas Tribune says the chief medical officer for the city of Austin is investigating the injuries of the victims and. They're trying to find out if there were any opportunities to save lives had emergency medical care been provided sooner, meaning while there were officers and law enforcement outside the room, how injured and whether those kids inside could have been saved yeah. while, while nothing was, was happening. So it's more scrutiny, Jack, on, on how the police responded. You know, there was 400 law enforcement officers right there, Yeah, and they just didn't didn't do anything yeah very tragic so well, the uh yeah. one more thing jack the astros have a chance to close out the world series tomorrow houston yeah. edged the phillies three to two 
uh, in Game Five after that incredible uh, no hitter, you know the combined no hitter yeah. game. And so uh, we'll find out if uh, if they can get it done or if uh, this is going to be a seven game series. Oh yeah, can go Saturday, can end Saturday or Sunday. That's right. It's been a pretty good series so far, so let's hope it goes the full distance. Oh yeah. Got to root for the Phillies, though, the Clearwater Phillies who do their summer training up in Philadelphia. Yeah, I think that would be good to see them win. <laughs> All right, Chris will have more in nine minutes to bottom of the hour. It's 521, and John Thomas has got traffic. Now, taking a look back at this day in history on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And this day in history is presented by the Duncan Duo. 14, uh, today in history, November 4th, by the way, uh, 1493, Christopher Columbus reaches the Leeward Island and Puerto Rico. 1783, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart's Symphony Number no. 36 is performed for the first time. 1791, the Northwest Indian War, the Western Confederacy of American Indians wins a major victory over the U.S. in the Battle of the Wabash. 1847, Sir James Young Simpson, a Scottish physician, discovers the anesthetic properties of chloroform. 1864, in the Civil War, Confederate troops bombard a Union supply base and destroy millions of dollars in material at the Battle of Johnsonville. This was in Tennessee. 1868, Comagüey, Cuba, revolts against Spain during the Ten Years' War. 1924, Nellie Taylor Ross of Wyoming becomes the first female elected as governor in the United States. 1939, World War II, President Franklin Roosevelt ordered the U.S. Customs Service to implement the Neutrality Act of 1939, allowing cash and carry purchases of weapons by belligerents. 1942, World War II, disobeying a direct order by Adolf Hitler, General Field Marshal Erwin Rommel begins a retreat of his forces after a costly defeat during the Second Battle of El Alamein, the retreat would ultimately last five months. 1952, the U.S. government established the National Security Agency, the NSA. 1960, at the Casacala Chimpanzee Community in Tanzania, Dr. Jane Goodall observes chimpanzees creating tools, the first ever observation in non-human animals. 1962, the United States concludes Operation Fishbowl, its final above-ground nuclear weapons testing series in anticipation of the 1963 Partial Nuclear Test Ban Treaty. 1979, the Iran hostage crisis, a group of Iranian college students overruns the U.S. Embassy in Tehran and takes 90 hostages. 1980, Ronald Reagan is elected as the 40th president of the U.S., defeating incumbent Jimmy Carter. 1995, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict 
Israeli Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin is assassinated by an extremist. In 2008, Barack Obama becomes the first person of biracial or African-American descent to be elected as President of the United States. And we're running out of time. I'll have to give you the local stuff here in the next half hour. But this day in history, presented by the Duncan Duo, gets your career booming by being a part of the number one real estate team in Florida. Visit now, jointheduo.com. And it's 529 on AM Tampa Bay. Governor. Keeping you up on what's trending, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And uh, it's 538. You falling asleep over there, Jack? <laughs> well, I was waiting to hear what's trending with Katie. Oh, you, you got to... I usually wait for you to talk before I talk. <laughs> I mean, if you want to just relax, Katie and I will do the show today. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at something up here on TV. Oh, you were distracted. Uh, I certainly lady. was. It was a pretty lady, wasn't it? <laughs> All right, Katie, what's trending in the news today? Well, today is National Candy Day, which I think is a day we can all love and agree on. Mm-hmm. It's also National Chicken Lady Day, and you may Chicken Lady. You may find yourself asking, "What is Chicken Lady Day?" <laughs> yeah. Well, it is a day that honors Dr. Martina Tina Dupree, who apparently worked for Popeyes high up in the company for twelve years. Um, and she's widely known for doing work in her community, and she did a lot. She you know, helped efforts to improve education in her community. She did a lot. She was a real people person, did a lot. So very proud of Dr. Dupree. And you may also find yourself asking, how does one observe Chicken Lady Day? How can I celebrate Dr. Dupree today? Well, eat a chicken. No, no, no. <laughs> well, well, yes, kind of. But you find someone who, you know, elevates the people around them and then you buy them chicken and have chicken with them. Oh, so okay. you find someone who's real nice, me for instance, Jack, Aww. and you go get me a bucket of chicken, and then we sit down and we enjoy a nice chicken bucket from Popeyes together. Well, that sounds like a plan. <laughs> chicken lady would be a hen. Yeah, there you go. It's true. Quite literally, that. Yes, that's accurate. So I don't know what the deal is with people not wanting to wait until Thanksgiving to at least, you know put their Christmas tree up or what. And I always say Christmas doesn't really start until Starbucks drops their holiday cups. Well, they're wasting no time, just like everyone else. I don't even have my Halloween decorations picked up yet. But people are <laughs> jumping headfirst into the holidays, getting ready for Christmas. And Starbucks has officially dropped their holiday cups and their holiday menu. I know. I think it's ridiculous. I don't feel like we were hopping on Christmas train this early last year. It's getting earlier and earlier every year. Soon we're not going to have Halloween. It's just going to be Christmas in October. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised that, uh, I think I mentioned this yesterday. Uh, well, Joy didn't no, like it, but I listened to, uh, the, well, what is it? The hits of the forties and I think fifties on, uh, serious radio. And they started playing all Christmas music oh. November 1st. Blasphemy. I don't love it. I think <laughs> you have to wait until after Thanksgiving. Once yeah, the turkey's off the table, go straight into the holidays. You can do it the same day. I don't care. 
What yep. is this, James? For I'm sure. trying to find some good Christmas oh, music. Oh, okay. For it sounded like some rock music. Yeah, that was supposed to be Little Drummer Boy, but that's Joan Jett. <laughs> Real quick before we go to break, though, as part of the whole holiday launch, uh, Dunkin' dropped their holiday menu, too. And some of these food items sound really good. One of the things on their holiday menu is a pancake wake-up wrap, and it's like eggs and bacon wrapped into a pancake. And I think that sounds hmm. so good. Well, I like the three of them, but I like them separately. Mm-mm. Mix it all together, dunk it in some syrup. Yum. Ooh, yeah. Well, I'll take the syrup on the pancake and the bacon nice and burned and crispy. and Eggs on the side. And the eggs. All yeah. right. Fair enough. Sounds good. It's 541 on AM Tampa Bay. And uh, let's check in now of John Thomas and traffic. This is the Fake News Report. We are fighting the fake news. Fake News. On AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And the Friday fake news from Argus Hamilton. Paul Pelosi reported recovering well in the hospital Monday. Uh, This year he's been accused of inside stock trading, arrested for DUI, and attacked with a hammer. As a kid, he could have made his mother proud and joined the mafia and stole a fortune, but... He married a house member, and that's the next best thing. I'm just a loser. (laughs) Washington Commander's owner Dan Snyder agreed to sell the team on Monday. It's buried in sexual assault suits from female employees and cheerleaders. Last year, when fans were polled asking them to suggest a new name for the team, their overwhelming favorite was the Washington Weinsteins. Bernie Sanders traveled across the country this week campaigning for Democrats in Wisconsin, Texas, and Nevada. He did spend a quiet Halloween night at home in Vermont. Neighborhood kids avoided trick-or-treating at Bernie's door because it had cost them 70% of the candy they owned. Harvard released a study saying that one-third of all American adults are now obese, with minority women having the highest rate. Among whites, obesity is most prevalent across the Bible Belt. The new revised American Bible now reveals in the book of Genesis that Ham had a brother named Cheese. The Wall Street Journal reported a survey which has revealed that fewer than half the U.S. population attends church services regularly. It reported that Texas is America's most religious state. That's because in Texas, you can feel the presence of Jesus all around you, mostly due to poor border control. That would be Jesus, too. The Powerball money jackpot grew to over $1.2 billion by Tuesday night after players failed to match all six numbers to win it Monday, and tickets are now flying out of lottery machines across the country. Just think, the winner of this jackpot will make history. They'll be the first billionaire ever to pay taxes. Oh, kiss my grit. <laughs> Donald Trump will perform a political rally in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, for the Senate and Governor GOP candidates. Trump will hold his rally in the hangar of the Arnold Palmer Regional Airport, which is quite fitting. The golfer is still hailed by his adoring fans as the king, and so is Palmer. You are fake news. President Biden was steered by the DNC to campaign in Florida Tuesday amid fears he could be a drag on the Democratic candidates in the swing states.
Biden told Pennsylvanians Friday there are 54 states causing progressives to slap themselves on the head. Joe confused states with genders. Quit playing with your dinghy. (laughs) New York City's Tourist and Convention Bureau published a list of six New Year's Eve events in New York on December 31st, which annually draws coverage from all over the world. At one minute before midnight, a giant glowing ball will descend on Times Square. And those are North Korea's plans. That is 100% my fault. West Hollywood drew one million revelers dressed up in outrageously scary costumes on Monday who strolled Santa Monica Boulevard on Halloween. Uh, This would be Argus Hamilton saying he won the scariest costume at the Comedy Store when he came on stage dressed as a cell phone with 2% power left. That does scare people. Nancy Pelosi was in D.C. on Thursday when her home was invaded by a homeless nut who fought with her husband Paul over a hammer and fractured Paul's skull. Reaction was predictable. Republicans pointed out the attacker was an illegal alien, and Chuck Schumer introduced legislation to ban hammers. Donald Trump was asked in a Spanish-language interview Monday about the homeless San Francisco man who broke into Pelosi's home, and he called it a terrible thing. The empathy for Paul was genuine. Three months ago, Trump had 40 FBI agents break into his home, and they weren't (laughs) trick-or-treating. President Biden spent the weekend in Delaware where he met with reporters on Saturday outside a retail store in Wilmington, The president tried to link the homeless guy attacking Paul Pelosi to January 6th. The difference between a cow and January 6th is you can only milk a cow three times a day. And, well, we're going to have to end it there because we're plum out of time. Aw, man. Yeah, we might miss a couple of those good ones. Maybe we'll bring those to you at the top of the hour. Sounds good. It's 5.50 on AM Tampa Bay, and time to check traffic now with John Thomas. Live on the free iHeartRadio app, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And at 5.54, we're joined now by Rory O'Neill, our NBC News radio reporter. And uh, Rory, uh, we've been talking about this Powerball coming up on Saturday, this one's going to be a humdinger. Yeah, don't bother buying. I already got it. I already got the winner. To my, <laughs> I'll just save you the two bucks right now. Oh, I, darn, I thought I had it. <laughs> you know, you, it, it, it's it's $1.5 That's what they're estimating the jackpot will be, making it uh, one of the highest in Powerball history, the third largest jackpot, actually, in all of U.S. history. You know, it was $1.586 is the record holder. Uh, there's a mega millions in there at uh, number two. But, you know, the final number could come in and we could have a, a new record-breaking jackpot for Saturday night. Yeah, and the cash value, seven, well, $746 million, And, of course, after taxes, that would be about uh, 500 and some million or 450 And uh, that ain't yeah, bad. The idea is, uh, my rule of thumb is it's a third. Right, you sort of look at that big top line number and say, oh, your take home is about a third of that amount. So yeah. five, six hundred million dollars, somewhere in there. 
what's 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 ten or twenty million among friends? Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, because this is paid out over an annuity, so you could get it over thirty years. But most people take that lump sum up front. Uh, you know, I think one of the last big winners, the the people who won that uh, record-breaking jackpot, one of them is from Florida. So you know, we have a history of winning these things. Uh, yeah, that's a good thing. Um, one other thing here, this is a big, big weekend because it's fallback weekend. Um, and I understand from what you've written here that there's a plan in Washington to stop the current daylight savings schedule. What are they trying to do? Right. Uh, this Get this, Jack. Bipartisan, a unanimous vote in the U.S. Senate to stop all this clock changing. Senator Marco Rubio has been spearheading this. Florida is already on board, like, please, you know, let, let's cut out the clock-changing nonsense. But it's stuck in the House where everyone's saying, well, wait a minute, which time do we want to be stuck with, the daylight saving time or standard time? Do you like the way it is right now, or do you want it, you know, when we move the clocks and the sun comes up a little bit earlier uh, and sets a little bit earlier? Jack, which is your – Jack, what do you like? Would you rather have the well, sun up early? Or? I'm, I'm in Florida. I'd like to have daylight time year-round. We were talking earlier about the fact that two states have it year-round, Hawaii and Arizona, and they are heavy tourist trade states. And Florida is the same thing. It would improve our tourist destination. Right, because a lot of the hospitality industry likes uh, the later – sunlight uh, because people more people go out more people dine out if you're out at eight o'clock at night whereas maybe they'd retreat by 7 p.m. so yeah the hospitality industry likes it but you know you wouldn't have the sun rising here until 8 15 in the morning on uh, December 20 21st well that's okay there's nothing to do in the morning anyway <laughs> except get up <laughs> we're all supposed to be under the covers listening to you on the radio that's the plan right? <laughs> there you go Rory O'Neill our NBC News radio reporter and on Twitter, at Radio Rory, and we'll talk to you Monday when it's Thanks, an hour later. <laughs> yes, I'll be sleeping. Okay. It's 5.57 on AM Tampa Bay. From Odessa to Clearwater, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning at 6.06 on AM Tampa Bay. It is Friday and TGIF time here. Yes, yes. Or as our friends at McDill say, Tango Golf India Foxtrot. But it's AM Tampa Bay, our persistent pursuit of perspicacity and placentious purpose here with Jack and Katie and James all together and our number, 800-969-9352, if you want to join us. And we got some birthdays here. First of all, uh, Rick Patterson, Kenny Leffler, uh, oh, Belinda Womack, the singer, sings at the games and everything. Oh, nice. Uh, George Buck Jr. and Frank DeBose. So, um... Happy birthday to Rick, Kenny, Belinda, and George and Frank. And what have you got, Katie? Well, I guess my friend's parents weren't very busy in February because Aww. I have no birthdays today. Oh, no birthdays, huh? How All is right. that possible? How no about birthdays. you, James? 
Uh, for me, I've got Christopher Williams, who's actually one of our iHeart engineers here in the Tampa Bay area. Ah. So he uh, operates out of uh, Sarasota. Also, just by the way, it's Matthew McConaughey's uh, birthday today. He turned 53 today. Ooh. Is he 53 now? 53! He certainly doesn't look it. Nope, all right, all right, not. all right. <laughs> I'm also skimming the list see if there's anyone uh, else that's, that's worth noting, but I don't see any else. Hey, we've got some leftover from our uh, fake news Friday that we didn't get to, and we'll try to use them here right now. Uh, Seattle Public Schools focused the critical race theory lens into math classes and concluded math is racist and used to keep minorities down. I can guess the kind of math question they would find acceptable. If you divide 85 genders by three bathrooms, how much climate change do you have? Those are all the uh, woke (laughs) stuff. The Betty Ford Center enjoys its 40th anniversary with a banco in, or with a banquet in uh, Rancho Mirage Saturday night and during the daytime a seminar on family interventions. Nancy Pelosi, for one, needs to keep a closer eye on her husband Paul. He just settled a DUI case and Thursday night he got hammered at home. Anheuser-Busch on Thursday reported much higher corporate revenues than expected in the third quarter, which reflected the 10% growth in beer sales industry-wide in 2022. Fishermen will tell you that beer is the secret to catching a fish. In order to think like a fish, you have to drink like a fish. I'm just a loser. (laughs) And finally, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot proposed a budget giving her a $10,000 a year raise to $275,000 a year. Her budget gives the mayor a 5% annual raise to keep up with inflation. And nowadays, bullets are so expensive in Chicago that nobody even gets a warning shot. And that pretty well does it. One other thing we'll throw in here. Um, What is the... Well, no, I think we did those. That's enough. Anyway. That's all, folks. We need to get Ben Ritter and George Carl to send us more jokes. It's 610 on AM Tampa Bay, and we'll check out the movies in just a jiffy. Right now, we'll check out the traffic with John Thomas. Free. It's all about the glitz and glamour of Hollywood, and he knows it all best. Let's go to Kevin Carr for the latest movie news and reviews on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 6.15, our fat guy at the movies guy, Kevin Carr, um, has movies for us. And I guess no comedies to report. Well, you know, it depends on uh, the type of comedies you like. Now, I know you like the the, 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 the broader, more uh, obvious comedies uh, like Dodgeball or something like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Wedding Crashers. But, no, th- there is one that is... That that certainly has uh, like some very dark comedic elements to it, and that's the Banshees of Inisherin, which is going wide. It was in limited release for the last week or so, and now it's going wide. It's an award film. Uh, it takes place in Ireland in the 1920s, and it's about two friends who live in this small little town on this island, and one of them just decides he doesn't want to be friends anymore. And it's very, very uh, adamant about it. And, uh, you know, the one who's, uh, who, who 
who didn't make the decision is kind of hurt and upset and doesn't understand why. And uh, the the, the it's uh, they're played by uh, Colin Farrell plays uh, the one who's basically not, no longer the friend, uh, but still wants to be friends. And then Brendan Gleeson plays the guy who just decides, no, I gotta, you know, you're 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 not very smart, and I I, I want to spend more time doing other things than hanging out with you at the pub. And uh, it's it's him trying to figure it out and understand it, but it but some of the lines are very funny, and it's it's a very dark comedy, and and to the point that the Brendan Gleeson character, you know, threatens to cut off his fingers if he keeps bugging him, and no. uh, you know, and so it's it's absurd and silly at times, but it's also very dark and and it's uh, more dry uh, in terms of uh, comedy, and I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very funny and had an interesting look. At in human relationships and friendship, uh, and it also it's beautiful looking because you know it's shot on this island of Ireland and it's uh, just got some fantastic scenery. Oh, I love Ireland, no doubt about it. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And what is this Armageddon time? What's that all about? Yeah, Armageddon time is. Uh, I guess it could be at times considered a, a, a comedy. It's not at all like what the name sounds like. It's it's not an action movie with uh, asteroids hitting the Earth or anything like that. Uh, it's a, a it's sort of a a, a bit of a autobiographical thing from the director. Now you get this kind of stuff a lot in award season. It's, it's his uh, sort of a look at growing up. In the seventies, uh, living in uh, they live in Queens, and he comes from a family of a Jewish family, and his like grandparents had escaped the uh, Europe, and uh, uh, and you know the now they fled the Nazis, and people they knew had died, but he has grown up outside of that, and doesn't quite appreciate it as much, but he's also facing issues of anti-Semitism and racism at the school, and and it's just sort of like that backdrop of it's a coming-of-age kind of story. And while it has some good parts to it, uh, it, it does take, uh, you know, it, 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 it plods along the story. I was I, I didn't think the story was as cohesive as it, as it could have been. Now, this is another award film, so uh, it, it, it's getting some good buzz. I was just a little unimpressed by it. Now, what is this Enola Holmes 2 on Netflix? Yeah, uh, Netflix made a uh, film of Enola Holmes, which is based on a, a book series, a young adult book series, about Sherlock Holmes' sister. And oh. Billy Bobby Brown, who most people recognize from Stranger Things, she plays Eleven on Stranger Things, uh, she plays Enola Holmes, who's this sort of this, you know, this punchy, spunky uh, the sister of uh, Sherlock Holmes. Uh, and she's trying to do her own little detective agency thing, and uh, this is a sequel to it. They, the first movie did quite well, and this one is it's on Netflix. Uh, this follows her little exploits of trying to become a detective, and then she sort of teams up with her brother, uh, played by uh, Henry Cavill. Um, it's uh, you know it's a, it's a Sherlock Holmes story, but uh, told with a twist, and uh, it, it's a it's a fun little movie. Uh, I enjoyed the first one. I thought this one's quite as good as well. One other quick one here. Um, what's this movie that's been number one for several weeks now? You're talking about Black Adam? Uh, no, I don't think that was it. Well, Black Adam has been number one. Uh, I'm not. Uh, there's there's other films. Uh, what what's it about, or what's it? Well, I don't, I've forgotten. I've just seen the name pop up as number one on the internet. <laughs> 
haven't seen it, no desire to, but it's I've seen that it's been number one for several weeks. Well, well, the Black Adam, which is the uh, which is Dwayne Johnson's superhero movie, that's been number one. Uh, last two weekends, you also had uh, Ticket to Paradise, which is the one with Julia Roberts and George Clooney. Uh, I'm not sure number unless it's like coming off as the number one watched movie on Netflix, uh, and I, uh, but I don't. I'm not sure off the top of my head. Well, those two movies you just mentioned sound worth watching. <laughs> sure. Well, anyway, it's uh, on Twitter at Kevin Carr and also on the internet at fatguysatthemovies.com and we'll talk to you next week kevin all right have a good week sure thing it's 621 on am tampa bay and john thomas now with traffic the border crisis continues and could be a big focus for the midterms all the latest happenings happen here now back to am tampa bay with jack harris on News Radio WFLA. 625 and Aaron Real, our NBC News Radio reporter, joins us now. And uh, Aaron, I understand there's a meat recession coming as cattle herds are shrinking and supplies are tightening up. And of course, the cattle industry is a big thing here in the state of Florida. It sure is. And in fact, commodity strategists and analysts, they believe that the U.S. beef cattle supply is going to continue to contract through 2023. And this is going to continue to push up beef prices for consumers well into the first half of 2024. So the U.S. Department of Agriculture says that the number of cattle moving from pasture into feedlot, it's going to continue to, to rise. Um, and, and basically the conditions because of drought are creating this fall. So as of September, the, the number fell 4% nationwide year over year. And in certain areas, places like Kansas, it was as high as 11%. But the issue has been a lingering drought in key U.S. cattle producing states in the Southwest. You have Kansas, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Texas. This has all been happening since 2021. And a lot of these cattle herders, um, have to basically send their, their herds to the processing plant earlier than they would like to because they just don't have the food or the water to sustain them, mostly the food because the the fields are are singed. And, and as a result, the availability of the pasture has contracted. So since this drought has been so prolonged, the opportunity to graze, it just isn't there, and you're seeing a sharp decline. Uh, I guess PETA is happy about that. Uh, yes, I, w- I would <laughs> imagine so. I, I'm... I think uh, the whole factory farming would rub PETA the wrong way in general. But what's also interesting here is that breeders are culling more unbred female cattle at a faster pace, and this effectively reduces the supply of future animals for the slaughter. So this means supplies will become even tighter as those ranchers start to rebuild their breeding herds, and it takes roughly 19 to 24 months from when a rancher decides to use a female for breeding to when its offspring is actually ready to be slaughtered. So what this means for the consumer is that prices will continue to remain high really for the foreseeable future, I'd say at at least two years. Hey, one other quick thing here. We've been hearing about uh, diesel fuel is going to run out, which of course would really impact the economy here because of uh, the trucks dependent on it. And is that true? Nope. Good news to bring you. It is not well, true. Is. It is not going to happen. It's okay. So while inventories of diesel and gasoline, they are lower 
than they've historically been. You have a tight energy supply of diesel fuel. It's no cause for panic. The U.S. is not going to run out. This is according to energy market experts. And it's a confluence of events. Inventories of diesel and gasoline, they are down below five-year averages. And if the entire world were to stop, we would have 25 days worth of diesel. But the good news is the entire world doesn't stop. We're not we're not going to do that. They're still pumping diesel out of the ground. They're still refining it. And it's kind of like your grocery store. You can liken it to that, the supply of milk at any given time. So your grocery store may have an inventory of three days of milk. And that's because they only have three days worth at any given point. But the cows keep making milk. The farmers keep sending milk. The dairy keeps being delivered. And that's what's happening. So it's really a number of factors that are weighing on this domestic supply. You have Russia's war in Ukraine, uh, refinery shutdowns from COVID, Hurricane Ida, that there was a fire uh, explosion at a Philadelphia refinery back in 2019. This is all a culmination that is that has created a limited supply. But just to wrap it all up and give you the numbers, in terms of supply on hand, the U.S. is down about 15% compared to last year and 31% compared to two years ago. And now we have 25 days supply when we would ordinarily have 35 to 40 days. But it's still coming. It's still going to be in the pumps. It's going to be okay. Well, that's good. Aaron Real, our NBC News radio reporter, and we'll talk to you Monday. Have a good weekend, a long weekend. Likewise, Jack. Have a nice one. A fallback weekend. It's 629 on AM Tampa Bay. Let's hear about the dopiest dope of all the dopes of the day on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 6.38, who is our dope of the day, Katie? Well, that is Ralph Puglisi, who used to be the accounting manager for USF's Medical Services Association. He was that for about a decade, but in 2014, he started using corporate credit cards to make unauthorized charges and then in 2021 he pleaded guilty to one count of mail fraud as part of a plea agreement with the government he took a lot of money uh 12.8 million dollars for a variety of expenses so again a lot of money but now in request for a lighter sentence he's admitting that yes he charged the 12.8 million dollars for a variety of expenses but claims that other people were able to benefit from his thefts including his webcam wow. girlfriends who he says got about six million dollars of the money he stole so of the 12.8 million dollars he's saying six million dollars of the money he stole went to a performer on the website my girl fund <laughs> so he's saying i shouldn't get as big of a sentence because i didn't you know i i helped people that's his claim so i don't think the judge is going to go for it little um, robin hood action there yeah. Yes. The website My Girl Fund is denying all the allegations. They want no part of any sure. of this. But Baglisi has been sentenced to 10 years in federal prison for all of this. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that's a $12.8 million. <laughs> a lot of money to have stolen. Like, I don't know how he got away with it for as long as he did. I mean, he again, he started doing this in 2014 and he didn't plead guilty until 2021. So there was a long span of him being this medical services association whether accounting you, manager whether you get that money legally or illegally could you just imagine having access to 12.1 million dollars oh that'd no. be sweet <laughs> like, wait win powerball and then that's nothing and i'm right. sorry but if i got 12.8 million dollars i don't care how i got it i ain't giving six million of it to an internet webcam girlfriend <laughs> from mygirlfund.com mygirlfund why are we promoting this website by the way <laughs> uh, yeah that's a valid point um uh, hey you know 
know what? There might be some bored people out there. But listen, if you got $12.8 million lying around, I'll be your friend on the wall on the internet. <laughs> Katie has Venmo, apparently. Yeah. She is ready to help you. <laughs> I mean, I'm not on that website, but I'll make my own if we're throwing out $6 million Katie's to people. Katie'sfeet.com yeah, slash long toenails. Ew. I, I'm still waiting for the Powerball. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> Let's see. The drawing for Powerball will be tomorrow night. Saturday, yeah. Yep. Yep, another one coming. Erin Rial said something that really sat with me the other day. She said, you have more chance of being struck by lightning while being attacked by a shark. And, you know, that really killed it for me. I don't know how I thought I had good chances, but I thought I had good chances until I heard Aaron Rial say that. You never know. Other people have won. So It's 200 and some, one and 200 and some million that you can win it. That's a chance. 641 on AM Tampa Bay. And let's check in now with John Thomas and traffic. How will the ongoing inflation issues affect the midterms? All the latest happenings happen here. Now, back to AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. We got a lot of great sports going on right now. Of course, the uh, World Series is going to wrap up either tomorrow night or Saturday night. Because that's when the final two nights will happen. And right now the Astros are leading by three games to two. So they only have to win one of them. And we've got the, um, well, the Hurricanes are going to be hosting Buffalo Sabres on Saturday night. Uh, so you've got them in action as well. And on Sunday... The Rams are going to be in town, L.A. Rams. And, of course, that means Sean McVay, who spent a lot of time here in the Bay Area, is going to be bringing his team to town. And our caller just called and said, what's the deal on the uh, Rowdies? They're in a championship game? Correct. So the Rowdies are going to be in Louisville City tomorrow for the East title. They're going to be playing in the conference to win the East title. You know, most people aren't even aware of that. That's a shame. The yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, the Rowdies used to be, back in the old days of the NASL, the North American Soccer League, they outdrew the Bucks. I mean, they had crowds of 50,000 at all the games. It's crazy to think. And now people don't even know they're going to a championship. It's sad. That is ridiculous. But, yes, they will You're be right. playing the Louisville City versus Tampa Bay Rowdies for the championship, and they're doing quite well. I do know they've been doing well. We've had a lot of callers call the past few weeks and just like update us as how as to how well they're doing, and good for them. Mm, definitely so. We might hey, be able to keep our Tampa Bay title. Yeah, the Tampa Bay. Hey, tune in for the live coverage of Decision 2022 on WFLA. And, of course, that'll be Tuesday beginning at 7 p.m., as the polls are closing, and it's brought to you by the Holland Group Retirement Wealth Advisors. Let's make the rest of your life the best of your life. And that's from the Holland Group. By the way, we didn't quite finish the, um, we had our two local pieces from today in history, November 4th. Uh, one of them was in, on, uh, November 4th. 1961, the record warmest temperature in Tampa. What do you think it got to be? Oh, 90. How about you, James? Uh, for me? Uh, 
you know, I tried to cheat just now, but I'm just gonna. I mean, I'm gonna go with uh, uh, 88. 91 degrees. Katie so wins. close. Yeah, Katie wins. <laughs> she was closest. And the other thing, and this would be from uh, November 5th, since we're not going to be here tomorrow. In November 5th, 1823, the War Department ordered establishment of a fort at what they called Tampa Bay East Florida. I don't know why they called it Tampa Bay East Florida when we're in West Florida, but they did. And, of course, that became Fort Brooke which ultimately became Tampa Town. Interesting. And then ultimately it became Tampa. So that's our thing there. By the way, this is kind of interesting that um, got the World Series games being played in Philadelphia, and they say the intensity was amplified. A couple of local businesses refused to feed the Astros ahead of game three on tuesday yeah that's been a big thing like restaurants are hopping in on like the whole sports controversy happened after the stanley cup win too like people were hanging signs like bolts fans aren't allowed here and then we'd have someone or tampa restaurant hop in on it too i don't know why all these local businesses are feeling the need to do this yeah the one of them was angelo's pizzeria in south philadelphia which is a major institution there and they refused to provide catering for him. <laughs> a man uh, so was on video saying, if you think I'd cook for the Astros, you're out of your mind. And Sounds then, like they're just being jackasses, but they uh, want free advertising because we're talking about them. Well, that's true. And the same thing with Mike's Barbecue. The restaurant posted a text exchange with a team. Didn't seem to get very far. Uh, and that's a that's a great barbecue place. I've eaten there and love it. But at least, um, well, at least one Phillies player on the roster. Uh, well, the, they say the treatment might not have anything to do with the franchise's recent history of cheating. And of course, you know they got in trouble for that. But it's just a they call it a good old fashioned dose of Philly hospitality. And um, anyway, the Phillies beat them seven to nothing in Game Three, but of course, the Astros have come back. It's tied, and we'll end up. No, let's see. The uh, Astros are up three games to two, so they're getting back at those restaurants, and they'll be going back to Houston. It's six fifty-one. Time to check in with John Thomas in traffic. Jack, Katie, and James every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. Getting ready for the longest weekend of the year coming up here because of the end of DST as we fall back at 2 a.m. on Sunday. And of course, again, we've talked about it. And Katie put up a Twitter poll, I guess it was last year, right? Yes, I think it was either earlier this year or last year, and it was 76% of people said they would like to be... They would, 76% yes. would like to see it happening, and of course, it was approved by the whole state, but federal law is the only way to get to opt out of daylight savings time 
And they, uh, although the Senate unanimously approved the Sunshine Protection Act, which had been passed here in Florida, it was reintroduced in 2021 by Senator Marco Rubio, and uh, but it didn't make it through the House of Representatives. For some reason, they didn't take it up or didn't want it. I don't know what's wrong with those meatheads over there. But you've got two states that have it year-round, Hawaii and Arizona, and I think a part of Indiana. I'm not sure about that one, but it would be perfect, like for Hawaii and Arizona, which are heavy tourist states we too are a heavy tourist state it would improve everything for us to have that but it ain't happening unfortunately so there you go we'll have to uh just go ahead and fall back here again and four months we only have four months of eastern standard time and then we go into eight months of daylight saving time Hmm. What do you plan to do with your extra hour this weekend? Sleep. <laughs> yeah, and I'll be DJing, so I have to work an extra hour. I don't oh, know if I get paid an extra hour. Hey, that's no good. Hey, real quickly, you've got to go to our website here, uh, amchampabay.com, because uh, Katie's got a bunch of stuff up here. But one of the things you got to see is Katie and our own Brian Fink here and Sarah Jacobs trying to do the letters to love l-o-v-e with their bodies i'll tell you i'm not as flexible as i was in high school when i was a cheerleader this was rough well you all do a fantastic job and a lot of other good things on there to check out too amchampabay.com meanwhile we'll see you after the longest weekend of the year on monday morning at five on am champa bay live it up